Welcome to the Kindness Podcast. I'm Nicole Phillips. Ron Hall took a risk in real life and on the big screen. His book, Same Kind of Different as Me, is now a movie starring Greg Kinnear, Jaman Hunsu, and Renee Zellweger. Ron is on the Kindness Podcast today to talk about how all that came to be and what he learned from an unlikely friendship with a man formerly known as Suicide. Ron, you have experienced so much loss in your life, and you put it all out there to share with other people in your books and your movie. And so first of all, just human to human, I just want to say that I'm really sorry that you had to go through something so difficult to create something so beautiful. Oh, I think that's very sweet of you to say that. Thank you so much. So, you know, I believe that uh, this story has come about uh, through great tragedy to give hope to a lot of people who, who really have none. You know, giving hope to people who have none, do you feel like that's why you had to relive all of this to be able to share this story? Because that could not have been easy. Well, no, it was not easy. It was actually very painful for me as a, a writer and producer on the film to sit there and, uh, and watch my life played out before me with people uh, acting out lives and real themes that happened that I'm really not proud of but had to be uh, honest about if I was really going to make a difference, if our, if our story would make a difference in the lives of those who desperately need uh, to hear this story and, and something that I believe is a message of hope for our nation. How true was it to your own story? Well, <laughs> painfully true. It was, uh, I'd say, as close to 100% truth as you can get in a film. Uh, you know, you have to find segues from one scene to the next that's not necessarily exactly the way it happened and locations that are not exactly where they had to, where the the things took place. But the storylines and what happened are all true. So So the book came out in 2008. The movie came out in 2017. Can you walk us through how that happened? And and, in what year did Debbie die? Debbie died in 2000. And uh, Denver moved in with me in 2001, and we lived together for the next 12 years. And uh, it was Denver's idea to actually write the book. He said, "Uh, Mr. Ron, there ain't nobody ever going to believe our story. We got to write us a book. And I said, well, what's this we? You don't read and write, and and I've never written anything. So who is going to write this book? And he said, oh, well, you know, I know my part, so I'm going to tell it to you, and you write it down, and you already know your part, so you write that down. And so then uh, when we put them together, we'll have us a book. And so for the next three and a half years, we sat at the breakfast table, and we wrote us a book. And uh, when we got through writing that book, I tell people we got turned down more than the sheets in a five-star hotel. Because uh, nobody was wanting to, uh, to read a book about an old uh, homeless ex-con and a, a white art dealer and their friendship, you know, and the story that was life-changing to the two of us and to many others now. So I had to self-publish the book, and then one of our self-published books got in the hands of a major publishing house, and they republished it under their brand. And then before we know it, we were a New York Times bestseller, stayed on the New York Times bestselling list for three and a half years, and in fact, is number six this week on the New York Times bestselling list. Wow, that's super exciting to see that come back to life again, right? Yes, it is. Well, we have a new movie version of our book, which we tell an incredible story of God about how our movie actually came about to be, because Hollywood does not want this story told. 
And if people really want these kind of stories told, if we don't have the faithful show up uh, in the first couple of weeks that our film comes out, they will never be able to see this film. And it's an absolutely one of the most beautiful films. The people of faith that see this film give it five stars and say Oscar performance for Jaiman Hansu, who plays my homeless friend Denver. And so if, if, if they don't show up to the theaters, you know, in the next few days, they'll never have a chance to see this great message of hope that is, can be life-changing for, uh, for all of our country. Jaiman Hansu was amazing in this. So was Greg Kinnear. So was Renee Zellweger. It was beautiful. And I, I agree with you that if people don't go out and see these sorts of, of really touching, really, you know, kind, think about things sort of films, Hollywood will stop making them and they'll just go back to making, you know, the violent ones. So, so those of us who love kindness need to go and see this film. And it is beautiful. And I... I love it. So I'm so glad that you did it because I know that um, regardless of how many see it, regardless of what the numbers say, this is an important film and is touching lives. Well, you know, thank you for saying that. But one of the biggest critics in all of Hollywood said, if you're looking for the feel good kind movie of the year, same kind of different as me is your film. It's too bad all this talent was wasted on, you know, godly stories. You know. I'm wondering if you can share with us what you've learned through your your own life and through your own relationship with Denver about what it's like to be kind to somebody who is so different than you and how that happens and how those break- breakthroughs occur. You know, my friend Denver, who was the homeless man living by a dumpster in the inner city, is the one that brought me back to appreciate that, you know, God had a bigger plan for my wife than, than I had for her, or that she had for herself, and that he used her life to make a change to, for people and make a difference all across this, starting in our own city of Fort Worth, Texas, and now it has spread all across America. You know, one woman's act of kindness has now become a national movement to change our nation, to change our communities, everything, just one uh, act of kindness at a time. So, The ripple effect is amazing. Your wife, Beth, how does she handle seeing yeah. Debbie immortalized on the big screen? Because that's got to be hard. Well, just let me say that she is enormously proud of that. She knew what she was signing on for, and I thought I would never get married again. Because how many women want to marry a man who spends his life every day talking about his great love for his late wife? Mm-hmm. And... uh and so, but she knew that, she celebrates it, she carries her torch. She, we have a homeless foundation we call Same Kind of Different as Me. It's a charitable foundation. Uh, it's, you can look at it online. It's SCODAM, like the uh, acronym for Same Kind of Different as Me, SCODAM.org. And where we desire to be the 911 uh, call and fulfillment center for underfunded homeless agencies. And then Beth, my a new wife of six years, runs basically runs and, and promotes that foundation. So she's carrying Debbie's and Denver's torches every day. And uh, so I am so proud of the work that she's doing. And uh, anyway, that's, uh, that's, that's what I have to say that she's doing, because she's sitting here right next to me right now making calls about our school down foundation. <laughs> <laughs> so she really is carrying the torch. She is absolutely picking up the phone and making it happen as well. That's beautiful. You have found some very kind ladies in your life, haven't you? I have found some very kind ladies. So uh, I'm blessed, too, uh, that God gave me the opportunity to restart life uh, with someone who, who's 
caught the vision and wanted to be a part of it because, yeah. uh, you know, I was basically doing that alone. Um, and I, uh, and, and I needed a partner and wanted a partner, but was never believing that I would find some, but God, God provides, uh, you know, and, uh, and I'm just so thankful for that. So for people who are afraid of people who are different than them, I know sometimes I am. And, and what advice do you have for us? Well, first of all, I'd say that basically God created us all equally, and some people just, you know, due to circumstances often beyond their control, end up being and becoming different from us. But just a simple act of kindness is so meaningful to them, especially the homeless people or those, uh, you know, they don't want to be homeless. I'd say 90% of them. There are a, a small segment of the population that really prefer to be homeless, and they'll tell you that. It's humiliating to be on the street corner asking for money or just sitting around waiting for a shelter to open so you can get a free meal. People that have lost all hope, like my friend Denver, he used to be angry when he would wake up in the morning and see that his toes would still wiggle and he knew he had to endure another day on the, on the earth, you know. And then all of a sudden, uh, uh, an act of kindness uh, changed his life. Someone asked his name. He, he, he'd never really told anybody his name. He didn't want friends. He was so mentally and psychologically damaged from his past, which we show so beautifully in our film, how you understand how people got in this situation that we have no idea unless we take the time to spend five minutes with them and just ask them, how, how did that happen to you? How did you get in such a mess now that you're, you're out here on the streets? Just, but it starts with just asking them their name, just a, just a simple act of kindness. And, uh, you know, if, if they're acting absolutely insane and crazy, like my friend did the first time I saw him, I would say, don't stop. But, you know, there's plenty of them are just, just sitting there waiting just for someone to humanize them instead of mm. most of the world wants them to be invisible. And my friend Denver, who was so wise, told me one day, he said, most people see the homeless as a, a problem. And he said, but let me tell you, uh, God sees them as an opportunity to show the love of Christ. So, uh, you know, they're, they're here for a reason, and, uh, and we are to uh, embrace them and to help them through, uh, through some of the circumstances that they found themselves in. They just need a little a bit of kindness uh, to help them get started. And uh, so I would say for people just to, if you want to just show up at a shelter and begin serving, Mm-hmm. You can you can make friends to people coming through the serving line and uh, just find out a name, begin the, begin praying for them or just talking to them as a friend and and mm-hmm. and not to be afraid of them. There's, I've never heard of anybody getting hurt and damaged in a in a homeless shelter. So uh, it's actually a very beautiful place, and you will find out that you will be receiving the blessings. Uh, far uh, greater, more blessings will be coming back to you than you actually give to them. You know, my friend uh, Denver asked me one of the first days I was walking with the streets with, with him. He said, uh, he asked me if I was a Christian, and I said, yes. And he said, well, maybe you can answer a question that bothers all of us homeless people. And I said, well, what is that? And he said, why is it all you Christians worship one homeless man on Sunday and turn your back on the first one you see on Monday? Mm-hmm. You know, you never know whose eyes God is watching you out of, and it ain't going to be your preacher or your Sunday school teacher. He said, it might be a fellow that looks like me. He said, it ain't me, but it might be a fellow that looks like me, but mm-hmm. God's just checking on you to see how faithful you are to his calling. 
I love that you say that it can start with one simple question. What's your name? You know, you don't have to figure out the whole dialogue. You don't have to figure out whether or not you want to bring them home with you or give them whatever's in your bank account. You can just ask the question, what's your name? It's my understanding that Jaiman Hunsu was homeless at one point. That's the man who plays Denver. So did that ever come into play? Did he ever mention that during the filming? Well, he and I, he showed up uh, a couple of weeks early to be on the set to to find out. what He was homeless in France, so he didn't realize what it was like to be homeless in the South okay. and uh, the, the racial discrimination that's shown to, uh, you know, African-Americans and homeless people, especially in the South, the way that they're uh, looked down upon. And so he came with me and we walked the streets together like Denver and I used to walk the streets together. And uh, so he, yes, he told me all about uh, how humiliating uh, that it was, you know, that it, it was it was a dream. It robbed him of his dreams. Homelessness, uh, you know, is just the great thief for hope. And uh, and so anyway, it takes you know someone, uh, an act of kindness from someone to actually break that cycle and give you a little bit of hope. But he, he knew exactly what it was like to sleep on park benches and to uh, and to bathe in public fountains. Can you talk about what you learned about boundaries? Because I think that healthy boundaries to keep us safe and sane are sometimes important too. Do you believe that? Or do you think you ha- you should go kind of just all out with your whole heart like Debbie did? Oh, no, 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 no. <clears throat> Debbie was fearless. And uh, no, I'm, I'm the one that had, had the boundaries. The boundaries really, uh, you know, you have to determine that for yourself when you encounter a situation. Uh, if it looks harmless to you, there's no really, uh, there's no concern for a boundary. But if if it looks dangerous, then yet obviously you should not, uh, you should not enter into those situations. You know, I'm not, you know, I took I took a crazy homeless man who was a, actually a killer, an ex-con who had uh, spent 25 years on the street living by a dumpster. And you see in the film, my father thought that was the craziest thing that ever happened, and he questioned my sanity for doing that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, and, and a lot of people questioned my sanity for doing that. But you'll see the outcome was that, you know, love can change everything. And, and apart from love, uh, it's impossible to change lives. And that's the only thing that really matters. You know, you can throw money at situations. The government can pour millions of dollars into to shelters and welfare programs and all of that. But how many lives do you see changed by welfare? You know, mm-hmm. it takes love. The government is impossible. It's impossibly trying to, to make a difference, but it's impossible to make a difference apart from relationships and love. And this is what this movie is about. Awesome. Thank you so much. Ron, before I let you go, do you have a favorite kindness story other than this big one <laughs> that you want to share? Yeah, I will, I will say that uh, I heard from a lady in Seattle, Washington, who uh, read our book and said, yes, um, and she told her young son, the next homeless person we see, we're going to bless them in some way. And lo and behold, that afternoon, they were coming home from the grocery store with a sack full of groceries and uh, a fresh, hot-baked chicken in their bag, and they pull into their driveway and see two homeless men digging through the dumpster. And her son said, hey, Mom, look, there are two homeless men right there. And so uh, she got out of her car. She said, here, I want to give each one of you, I want to give you all this chicken and some of these groceries so uh, that she had bought for her and her son for that night. 
But she gets in the house and she decides, well, that's just not enough. Maybe I should go bless them. So she had two $20 bills in her in her uh, purse. And so she went back and she gave each man a $20 bill. And that was the end of it. She turned it loose to God. About three or four months later, maybe six months later, one of the men knocked on her door and he said, do you remember me? And she said, no, not really, because all of a sudden he was cleaned up. He was, he was very uh, elegantly dressed. And he said, well, I'm one of the two homeless men you gave $20 to uh, just months ago. And he said, I wanted you to know how life-changing that was. And she said, well, tell me. He said, well, do you mind if I come in? So he came in, he sat down, he said, you know what I did with the $20? And she said, no, I had no idea. He said, well, I took it to a bar to get drunk. And as I was sitting at the bar, he said, the, the, the restaurant manager came up to me and was really going to ask me to leave the restaurant because he could tell I was homeless, and or she could tell I was homeless. But out of an act of kindness, she asked me my name and how I got in this mess. So I began to tell her my story. And she said, you know what, you just need to go back home. He said he had not seen his uh, family in 20 years, and they thought he was dead. And she said, and he said, no, my family would not want to see me back uh, home. I've done so many bad things. And she said, I think any mother would want to see her son. So I'm buying you a bus ticket. And she took him to the bus station and put him on the bus home. Uh, several months later, he came back to tell that woman that his family accepted him like a prodigal son. His, his faith was restored. His family re, uh, took him back in. He was able to get clean and sober and find a job. And now he came back to Seattle to to tell that story and bless the people that had changed his life with a $20 bill in an alley and a chicken dinner. And he said, in fact, now I'm dedicating my life to serving the homeless. Anyway, I just wow. say... you. When you, when you bless somebody, you turn it over. You don't worry about what they're going to do with the money. Eventually, with the ripple effect of, of an act of kindness, has no shoreline. Ron, thank you so, so much for talking with us. I sure appreciate it. Bless you. Thank you so much, and bless you, and get the people out to the theaters this weekend. Yay! Will do. All right. Thanks. Uh, thank Bye. you. All right. Bye-bye. You can learn more about Ron Hall's story and catch up on the latest developments with the book and the movie at samekindofdifferentasmefoundation.org. Thanks for listening to The Kindness Podcast. It's produced by WOUB Public Media and relies heavily on the kindness of engineer Adam Rich. I'm Nicole Phillips. We hope you'll subscribe to The Kindness Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or NPR One.